Trigger warning, this episode covers domestic violence and includes a brief personal account. Welcome to the Boyfriend's Podcast, where we help you find your circle. And, and your, your man. man. I'm Jared D. King, and we're back. Uh, it's been a while. Um, <laughs> Renee, we lost some people, but we um, we're going to keep this thing rolling. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited. I'm actually a little bit nervous to kind of come back to the podcast. Uh, I don't know. I just I hope you all like it. I hope you all are still, still with us and, and still... Still enjoying the conversations that we have coming for you. Um, so real quick, I want to introduce a uh, couple of guests. I do have a good friend, Arvin, here. <laughs> Say hi, Which Arvin. Which camera am I looking You're at? You're on this camera. <laughs> camera <Hello>. B. Hello. <laughs> so, uh, and then we have a special guest as well. But before I introduce him, because he's going to he's gonna get a uh, bigger introduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Arvin, why don't you let us know... Um, who you are, maybe how how we met, and that whole thing. Hi, um, good day to everyone. Uh, my name's Arvin. Um, I met Jared through the tennis group that we both belong to, mm-hmm. called the Philadelphia Liberty Tennis Association. It's a gay tennis uh, group, mm-hmm. but we're all not gay. We have straight and ally members also. Yeah, allies and. We met last year in a grass court event in Germantown. If you, oh, I think if you that remember was our that. first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. that was the first time we met. So. so we play tennis and we hang out. We have a group of friends. And uh, I moved just moved here last year. So mm-hmm. tennis was like our uh, meeting point. Yeah. yeah. I just want to say, like, I invited Arvin on the show because he has a very big personality <laughs> and he's like one of the who's he's like he he came here he moved here a year ago and now he's like one of the who's who of philadelphia <laughs> no no, no 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 not really yeah you kind of know everybody <laughs> don't <laughs> uh, <laughs> no i think i'm just very social as a person um that's and my husband's the same mm-hmm. we're both very friendly and um I'm very active in the tennis group because uh, I'm the socials director. Mm-hmm. You were the communications director the year, year before. Yeah. Uh, but to give you a little bit of background about who I am, what I do, I've been in the radio industry for the past 22 years. So I managed two radio stations back in the Philippines where I still do that from here remotely. So I have a daily morning show uh, with two other co-hosts. It's called XYZ. Where three generations converged every day. So one from Gen X, one from Gen Y, and one from Gen Z. So I record that thrice a week. Okay. So I'm kind of used to talking on the mic every day. Gotcha. Okay. For the past That's 22 cool. years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but here in Philly, I'm a photographer, so I shoot photos. So. Awesome. awesome. Nice. Maybe uh, I'll shoot yours soon. Look, I would absolutely love that. Um, <laughs> you know, I think the Boyfriend's podcast needs a little bit of a refresh as far as photos are concerned. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we have a special guest with us as well. Uh, everyone, welcome Timothy McLemore to the Ooh. podcast. <laughs> Tim, Tim, Tim. <laughs> How are you, sir? I am doing fantastic. It's awesome to have you on. Um, I've fo- we recently followed each other on Instagram. Um, you have like I see you have a big personality as well. You you're very <laughs> very lively on there. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, I guess your your book as well. Yeah, um, my name's Timothy McLemore. Uh, I'm 
biracial, uh, grew up in Ohio, uh, live in Miami, and I'm a founder of a nonprofit um, that aims to open a domestic violence shelter for queer people and LGBTQ, those struggling with homelessness um, or need to get out of a domestic violent relationship. That's, that's me. What's yeah. the foundation called? Uh, Essential Halls. Gotcha. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So we'll get a little bit more into um, we'll get a little bit more into that and uh, everything that you do very soon. Real quick, I want to ask Renee, like, what's been going on with you? What's the update? Because we haven't we haven't been recording in a while. So. I know. Well, I did change my hair, but it's coming out tomorrow because it is so heavy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and yeah, I recently just turned 29. I got a Ooh. nice promotion at work. Awesome. Um, just yeah, just really just been working my butt off and um, still focusing on health, wellness and naps. <laughs> and pizza. Always the naps. I love it. And pizza. And pizza. You cannot forget pizza. It's <laughs> essential to happiness. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think for me, I don't know what else has been going on aside from just... Uh, Your hair's new. <laughs> yeah, hair is I new. love that. We both got our hair did. Look, when I came back, I was like, I have to come back uh, swinging. Fresh. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's important. But, um, Self-care yeah. is important. Self-care, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's just, just really trying to build this podcast up, um, trying to make sure that it's going to continue and and to continue to be um, as engaging and fun as it usually is. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see we'll see what what the future holds. But right now we're going to jump into this conversation. Uh, so so what I, I want to start before we get into um, your book, Timothy. Uh, because we talk about we talk a lot about like those moments where you're kind of starting a relationship or where you're trying to get into a relationship. So I kind of want to start on how do you like avoid those abusive relationships, I guess, from the get go or from like the dating stage. Like, do you have do you have anything like I don't know, like I guess just just answer just answer that question. Maybe we'll just jump off from there. <laughs> To avoid that, to avoid domestic violent relationships, you got to pay attention to red flags. Um, and for me personally, one of the red flags was uh, dealing with someone's impulsiveness and then them turning around and saying they loved you. It's really different for everyone, you know. Um, a lot of the, a lot of people who are domestically violent um, with their partners, they're very charismatic. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't really. No, you can't. There's no a physical description of an of an abuser. Um, so, like my previous partner, he was smaller than I was, um, but he was the one that tended to initiate violence. Um, so, yeah, it really, you know, some people when I when the cops would come, they just have question marks and they look at me and be like, "Look at you and look at him. Like you're six two. This guy's like five seven. Like what's you know?" And I would say, "Hey, look, I'm not." afraid of him. I just don't like to fight people that I love. You know, I, that's just a boundary I'm not willing to cross. I, I, I just don't think that's um, happy, a happy relationship. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, like it, it's interesting. Cause I feel like when you first meet somebody, like you never really know where it's going to lead or it's very hard. 
like like you said, you have to pay attention to those red flags. And I don't think you really know what the red flags are unless you have some experience or you have some like dating or relationship experience. And yeah. so it's like it's tough because it's you almost have to deal with it in order to know what to avoid, you know, and, and that's I don't know. It's kind of a sad thing. Yeah. I also want to add that, you know, um, like a lot of us in the, the gay community, sometimes we tend to be hopeless romantics um and things can you know escalate really fast because you know you know what you want i know what i want well let's just do it and sometimes like one year in a gay relationship feels like five years for a heterosexual one because for things just tend to escalate very fast <laughs> we get very emotionally passionate um and then we also treat each other like we're disposable sometimes or i can always find someone else or um so I really feel like we need to create new uh, community dating standards, if you will, um, take more time with ourselves and our relationship that we're in. Um, rushing stuff is a big red flag. Yes, for sure. Like I, So I was um, in an abusive relationship before. And so um, it's funny because whenever Jared and I would like talk in the past about red flags, I always feel like we would get kind of like eye rolled because I'm like, listen, we have these red flags for a reason. Mm -hmm. And one of my one of my biggest one that I just because I've I've had a few abusive people in my life, whether it be a romantic partnership, a familiar one, it's um it's love bombing for me. If they yeah. come in extremely strong and tend to I don't, like like worship me as in some way it's like I, I feel like they then almost weaponize it in some way like I treat you so well and then blah 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 and and then like you kind of like you you're like well then what did I do because like I was worshipped before and like he he like he really like showed how much he cared before but now he's doing the opposite and luckily um I it did not last very long because, you know, like like I said, I'd had like some experience in the past, even before the romantic relationship with abuse. And so I was like, you know, no, I'm great. I'm <laughs> I, I see where this is going and I'm all set. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sorry you went through that. Um, and thanks for sharing with me. Uh, I won't lie. When other people come out with their experiences, it, it sounds horrible, but I feel less alone, oh. I guess. Um, not that I want you to be going through anything like this, but it just kind of gives me a sense of relief. Everything that I'm doing now, my book, my nonprofit, even this interview is my therapy. This is my therapy process. It's all been therapeutic for me. Um, so thank you for sharing with me because it really does mean a lot. It's uh, Tim, I just have a question since you uh, wrote a book on uh, let's the title of his book is Love is Not Abuse. So my first question would be, what are the types of abusive relationships? Because it's not just always physical. It can be emotional. It can be psychological, yeah. you know. So, um, you those exactly. Mental, emotional, physical. Um, and a lot of it derives from like passive aggress aggression too, you know. Um, obviously, you love the person, but you treat them a type of way uh, to try and change their behavior. And sometimes you just have to be very real and raw and put your pride to the side and be like, hey, I love you. I just don't like that you did this. You know, um, instead of 
being like, oh, well, you did this, so I'm going to do that. Um, everything can't be so tit for tat. Um, at least that's what my experience was. I just felt like everything I did deserved a consequence for some reason. Um, so, yeah, you're right. There's emotional, mental, physical. And, yeah. and, and these days, what are the harder ones to deal with? Because it's, it's always about uh, the physical is always about power. Like if you wanna, yeah. if you wanna physically abuse I someone, mean, it's not. It's the actual act of hurting someone psychologically. It's not really about that. It's about having power over someone. Mm -hmm. So do you think now that because people are talking a lot about mental health and emotional well-being, mm. do you think the emotional abuse has taken over the physical abuse in a larger scale? Or is it still a mix of both? Well, I, we really certainly can't tell because a lot of the abuse within the LGBTQ community is unreported and underreported. Um, Why do you think it's not reported or underreported? Uh, personally, I feel like it's our relationship with authorities. It's not really the best right now. We don't really feel like we can trust the authorities. Mm -hmm. um, and like I was saying earlier, when the police came to my house, they would just have question marks. You know, um, everyone's not really aware about intimate partner violence within the LGBTQ community. And you'll be surprised that it actually is way more common and complicated. It's more frequent and more complicated than heterosexual relationships. Mm -hmm. It's just no one is talking about this. So I have a I have a question about that. like. Yeah. Because I did, I did see you know when you you saying that it's like it's more frequent in LGBTQ plus relationships. Is that because technically it's more? I mean, I guess we're talking more like same sex. Is it because it's just like you feel like you're kind of physically on the same level, and so there's like I wonder what the mentality yeah. is behind that. Is that kind of part of the idea or part of the part? Of well, the from my experience, I did feel like my partner. Uh, it, 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 what, it didn't feel collaborative. Sometimes it felt competitive. You know, there was times where I would sit there and say, well, why, why is he asking me about, or why is he worried about that? You know, it kind of felt like um, he was always trying to be better than me in a sense. So maybe sometimes when, when same sex are dating, there could be a sort of um, unspoken competition. You know, I always notice, and I mean, this might be a little bit off topic, but I feel like usually when I'm in a not like a dating situation or something like there is always a little bit of a power struggle and I just I wonder I feel like that's a do can you relate no honestly uh, I also he has all the power that's what that's about I also don't <laughs> agree that sometimes rushing it is bad because me and my husband never dated we lived together since day one I think you just have to find the same values in the same person that you're looking for. So, and luckily we found it in each other. Okay. And I don't really think there's a formula in finding someone who will or not abuse you. I guess you're right, Tim. Uh, naming the red flags is a very wise way to know if someone has. And it's really not that hard to figure out these days. I mean, uh, 
even in our tennis group, you would instantly figure out who you will get along with or not, right? Um, just I, by playing tennis in a day. There with are them. Some, I mean, yeah. there are some people that you, you could absolutely figure out. Like, yeah, yeah. You can absolutely figure that out. There but, are definitely those people though who like have a really good mask on. I think know? it also helps, which is a, which is uh, actually my question to you, Tim, because. You said that it's more common in the gay sphere, the abusive relationships. But uh, makes me think, because gay people are mostly expressive and judgmental. <laughs> Excuse my uh, adjectives. Mm -hmm. So we're very good in, you know, looking through the person, uh, which makes me wonder what are those. And you, you give, gave a good point there. There are people who don't show their real selves. So... It's kind of uh, so. What are you asking? Like conflicting how to me. How, how? What layers do you need to decipher to figure out if someone is abusive? Um. To be honest, I I I can't tell you that answer. I guess it would just have to be like one of those live and learn type of things. Um. But I don't. I definitely don't want people running out being scared. Like, oh my God, is he abusive? Is he abusive? Um, like I said, I'll capitalize on with my situation. My partner was very impulsive, very impulsive. So for me, that's a red flag. At the second he's upset, could be something small, something big. He would break something, slam something, yell, scream, shout, like completely change his demeanor. Yeah. Um, so to me, in hindsight, that was that should have been a red flag. I mean, the first time he he told me he loved me. He like stole my car, my wallet keys. <sighs> and, oh no. You know, left me on the street and I was walking and he came back like 20 minutes later. Um, and he's like, get in the car. And I, I, I get in the back seat. It's my car, by the way, I get in the back seat and I'm like looking at him through the rear view window, uh, mirror. I said window. Um, we're looking at each other through the rear view uh, mirror. And he's kind of like, I'm sorry I did all this. It's just because I loved you. I love you. And I'm kind of like looking at him from the back seat and I'm very emotionally confused, mm -hmm. extremely, because I do have feelings for him. Um, even to this day, I, I genuinely feel like we could have worked. I just had to choose myself because he wasn't changing, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I feel like that was another red flag, you know, just something that's completely out of character and um, impulsive, mm -hmm. I feel like that that sh should be a good sign for you there. So I want to talk about your book. You uh, Again, Love is Not Abuse. Um, so what is the message behind the title? Uh, and what do you hope to share with the LGBTQ community? Um, and why did you write it? Yeah, um, well, I wrote it um, because after I got out of my domestic violent relationship, I really wanted to raise awareness. Um, and educate other people. When we split, I, I told him I was gonna do all this. I said, I'm starting a nonprofit, I'm writing a book and I'm gonna make sure people don't end up with people like you. Um, and the, the, the biggest goal here is to provide a roadmap of hope for people who are in these situations. Um, and just to let them know that there's a way out that they can get out because I really felt stuck, literally. Um, the police told me since he had a toothbrush at my house for more than two weeks, he legally lived there. I would have, to have gone through this whole eviction process in order to get him out. 
Um, and, you know, he ate that up. He loved knowing that. He loved knowing that there was some power there, um, that he wasn't going anywhere. He had no issues reminding me of it. Um, so, yeah, I really wanted th this book kind of setting me free and also educating other people, um, raising awareness. Gotcha. What was his reaction to you telling him that you were going to do all these things and write the book and, and put the story out there? He... Um, even like a couple months ago, I think he had saw me on, um, I was on the news and uh, he like texted me. He's like, you, you think what you're doing is something, everything you're doing is shit. You're not doing shit. You're not going to make a change. Um, and I won't lie. Uh, I called him like two days later and I told him, hey, I feel very unmotivated right now um, because what you said is really getting to me and I hate that it's getting to me. Um, but it bothered me. It really, it really did because when you have those creative blocks and you know, when you're going through your imposter syndrome and you're just feeling down on yourself, like, Oh, I'm never going to get this done. I'm not going to complete this, that him telling me that didn't help. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of just completely cut all ties. We were communicating a little bit when he finished his like anger management classes. Mm -hmm. um, so he did seek help. Huh? He did seek help. Well, he had no choice. The 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 judge ordered him to. Get oh, okay. So it went that far. Yeah. That cases were filed. Yeah. Okay. So, quick question: Like, how long ago did you guys break up? If you don't mind me asking. This is like um, a little over uh, a year and a half. It's still kind of fresh. Right. So. Okay. Got you. All right. Um, and are you dating someone now? Yeah, I am. Okay. Good, good, good. So we got we got that it's a bigger issue in the LGBTQ community, but who who in the LGBTQ community is most at risk yeah. for an abusive or physically abusive relationship? Okay, um blacks, transgenders, mm -hmm. and this one took me off guard, bisexuals. Bisexuals are some of the most uh that does not abused. catch me off guard whatsoever the jealousy must be so real <laughs> tell me more about that please like I, enlighten me it doesn't surprise me i mean like there's uh i think that there is some sort of security almost when it comes to um hetero or same-sex relationships especially when they're not bisexual i Maybe I'm completely wrong, but I think that there is definitely some, especially when a man is dating a woman who's bisexual, mm -hmm. they might think like, oh my God, like she's bisexual. Like that's so hot until like, you know, maybe he sees her just like checking out another girl or, or if like she's in a relationship with a girl and that girl sees her checking out a man and then that girl could feel so completely like, is that what you actually want? Like, are you just like pretending to be gay for me? And yeah. So I can definitely see how that could go mm -hmm. for sure. I think it's also power. Uh, if you're bi, you, you want to indulge in everything. No, so, not necessarily. That's what my husband's grandfather said. There's <laughs> bisexuals are the no. worst because they just want to indulge yourselves in everything. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no We're not going to say that's that. That's a stereotype. <laughs> no. Um, you know, they're, they're, you think so? Yeah, that's a start. I always say bye now, gay later. So, 
<laughs> so for me, I think it's just the face. Oh okay, my god! No, Arvin. no, absolutely no. not. It is literally the second letter. <laughs> <laughs> or no, it's the third letter. LGB. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the third letter. It's, it, yeah. it's 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 a real thing. It's very real. Um, I don't think you know, and I, or maybe there's a lot of confusion because you swing both ways. So, I think emotionally and mentally that can also be a stressor for bisexuals. But I think the reason I think the reason, and you know, I, I don't know, and this could this could be part of the of what you were saying, yeah. and like the whole the whole reason is there's that misconception that you know if you're bisexual then you kind of want to do all that stuff yeah. and if the other person doesn't necessarily know that it's like no it's just I'm a, I'm there's just an attraction to other mm-hmm. types of people I mean it's the same thing as me being in a relationship and you know I'm still I'm still attracted to men mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that I'm gonna go and have sex with any guy that yeah. I see you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying yeah. so I mean I think people kind of have to like frame it that way or think about it that way yeah um yeah but I loved how you put that. That was, that was good. But I think yeah. it's also uh, a lot of uh, exposure in the LGBTQIA plus plus world, because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. especially um, me having moved here last year and coming from a very conservative country like the Philippines, where eighty two percent are Catholic, it is very shocking to me to hear now from you, Tim, that it's more prevalent in the LGBTQ to be abusive here considering the fact that America is very open to, you know, uh, and liberal about being gay. Uh, and it actually shocks me a little bit because I, I, I kind of thought that it was more accepting, it was more free, it was more uh, non-toxic here mm. compared to living from home where it's really really toxic back home like it's really hard for me to understand how it's still not that uh, balanced I guess mm-hmm. is the word that I'm looking for uh, and healthy in terms of relationships because uh, you know being gay here is very very normal yeah and we didn't really grow up having, um, you know, people to look up to on how a relation, what's the healthy, ideal gay relationship, you know, especially in the media. I feel like now we're seeing it more. Um, but growing up, you know, the only examples that we really had were our parents. And sometimes our parents aren't the best examples, um, especially for, for queer folk, you know. So I also feel like um, a lack of um just seeing gay happy gay people in the media because every time you do see them especially growing up on tv it was always a stereotype or a joke or you know some kind of negative play so yeah i thought that maybe we could like circle back to what you were saying about like when the cops came and like barely did anything to help because they're probably like it's men amongst men just settle it like men or they just like don't even want to get involved because it's like a gay yeah. relationship. They're like, um, this is weird. Can we tap out? <laughs> yeah. That's literally the vibes that, that they were giving to. I know. Like, Yo, you this know is crazy. weird. Like, what is this? Figure it out. <laughs> Obviously, complete like this is like total um extreme, but I love true crime. Um, this is this was not a real abusive relationship, but this was like murder. But <laughs> basically, one of so Jeffrey Dahmer was a gay serial killer. 
And one of his victims actually made it out alive and like ran to get help and he was like bloody and delusional and these women they saw they saw him and they like went to a police officer and they're like you need to help him like he needs like he needs help like he needs to be in a hospital and jeffrey and uh jeffrey dahmer like runs up and he's like oh this is my boyfriend and the boyfriend's like no i can't like i can't or like his victim was like no please don't make me go back with him and like the police officers were like no go back with your boyfriend like i don't want to deal with this right now and then he got murdered oh no that yes. is crazy. That gave me goosebumps. Not, a, not exactly abuse, but it is like exactly kind of what I kind of thought of when you said that. Like because when you said that the cops didn't really do anything because they're like, this is like a gay relationship. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? I don't know. Like, I like usually cops just like take the woman's side, which is so terrible because m- m- Men in heterosexual relationships also face abuse, yeah. but they'll like they'll take like the the woman's the 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 lesser the one who looks more vulnerable. They'll take their side, like well, like uh, you guys should just figure it out or mm. and stuff like that. Like especially when you're both men, they're just like be men about it. So, so hit him back or something. So who do you run to if you don't trust the police or like you said, the police hardly responded. Uh, in a way that you would wanted them to be. So what are the options if you're in a gay abusive relationship, physically battered? Uh, who do you call to? Who do you run to? Well, um, I'm hoping and praying by the end of this year, you will be able to call me and we'll take you in um, at, at my shelter. Um, because when I was in my situation, I did not have anywhere to go. Um, going back to what Jared was talking about who is most um, affected, like we were saying, bisexuals, Blacks, and it's also those lacking financial resources. Sometimes you just can't afford to up and go and get a new place and change your environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, hopefully in the future, um, me, uh, uh, my organization will be someone that people can call and it's available to everyone in the country. You know, if you're in Alabama, Mississippi, and you need help, I, I want you guys to be able to call the Central Halls. We'll bring you down here. We'll give you everything you need to start a new job placement, educational resources, housing assistance, whatever you need to start a new. How can people get involved with Essential Halls? Yes. Uh, yeah, if they want to. I'm extremely interested in building my organization, my network, and things that we can offer. Um, so you can contact me on Instagram at essentially Tim altogether or you can reach out um to the essential halls facebook or instagram page essential halls h-a-u-s gotcha gotcha. awesome awesome so okay i do have one question because i think we kind (laughs) of we kind of did a little skipperoo there but it's all good it's all good i like it though it's fun like it's not like a normal structured like right it's a dynamic conversation you know so that yes but i do I do because I think it's an, I think it's important because uh, we want to know like what are some steps like if you're if we're speaking to somebody who's in a, in an abusive relationship now, what are some of the steps that they can take to get out? Or or how do you even try to fix it? I don't think you want to fix an abusive relationship. Well, when I had came out about it, like a lot of my Instagram followers were saying for us to go to therapy and do this. And I listened. We did try. We did try to do that. Um, It just did not fix it. Um, I mean, even when he went to jail and he got out of jail, I still went back with him. And it was, you know, he still was violent. Um, 
it literally took me a near lethal experience for me to like snap it into my head and say, Hey, you can die dealing with this guy. Something bad might happen to you. You really have to get out. So I had to choose myself. Um, but I kind of lost your question there yeah. in the midst of my ranting. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I think that kind of answers Arvin's question, but I want to know, like, what are the steps that people can do to, yeah. If you see something, say something that goes for everyone. Um, if you see one of your friends aren't acting like themselves or they share a little bit about the abuse they're going through, um, say something because you establish yourself as a resource for them when they're ready to get out of their that relationship. And you also raise their awareness level that the situation they're in is not normal. It's not something that they should be in. That's not love. Um, but also creating a paper trail. I know we don't have the best relationship with authorities, but you still need to call the police. Um, when we were going through our whole court trial thing, um, they actually pulled up how many times the police were called. Some were for me, some were from neighbors, um, random bystanders, standards. So uh, I think that paper trail is really important because the authorities, like Renee was saying, really don't know how to navigate this realm. Um, so if they have paper, it's, it kind of makes it easier for them, you know? Also, that, that paper trail is, if, if God forbid something were to happen where you need to like file a restraining order, you need a paper trail. You need that history of like, these are all of the incidents. Like, this is my backup because sometimes people don't keep a record of it and it, they can't keep a record of it up until the point where like they're they're actually filing to get a restraining order. They're like, we can't give you one. We, mm -hmm. we don't have any proof. Um, right. And so... You need to have that proof. It's it's so important to have that. Like even if you think it's something that's so minor, like if you have like that gut feeling, maybe you'll look back on it and laugh yeah. about like I don't know recording that weird voicemail that he left you, or I'm that like that, that or that toxic text. text that he sent you that one time. You'll you never know. Like yeah. taking a screenshot or recording could save your life in the future. Sorry, I'm very passionate about that. Hey. Record everything. <laughs> <laughs> James, I want to know um, if you don't mind me asking. I know it's very personal, but maybe a lot of our listeners are also waiting for that snap out of it moment. Do you mind sharing with us what was your experience that made you, okay, this is over. I'm done. Well, you're going to have to buy my book to find out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you can give us a teaser trailer. Don't worry. Maybe everyone will have to buy your book. No, 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 I'm just. It's already in my cart, so. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send one to Jerry. Um, actually. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I would love it. So, yeah, we. Um, hmm. I, I gotta get into it, so I gotta get into it. Hey. Uh, so we were leaving a friend's party or housewarming party, and um, he had this thing like you know when we were in arguments when I was driving like he would tend to like just strike me you know he would just like hit me in my face um when I'm most vulnerable um and that day he struck me in my face while we were on the on the freeway he struck me in my face and then he like grabbed the steering wheel like really hard and like the car almost hit um the car that was on the right of me on the right side this golden car um, it almost hit it and I, I freaked. I was like, and I stopped on the middle of the freeway over in the, the, whatever that lane is. I stopped on the side of the freeway and I got out of the car and I said, Hey, 
I can't do this anymore. I can't do this impulsiveness. I can't drive with you anymore. Like I was really having, um, uh, uh, you know, like a fear of, of being in the car with him. I just said, get an Uber. I'll just meet you at the house. Um, from there, he just started like, you know, grabbing me on my shoulders and he was like trying to push me off of the ledge of this freeway. This is not a regular freeway that's ground level. This is a highway. This is one of the freeways that are in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking back like over this ledge and I look at him and I'm like, yo, are you trying to kill me? And he just like, let's go. And he starts burst crying. He's like, no, I'm not trying to kill you. I love you. Why would I do that? And I'm just in my mind. I'm like, yo, I have to go because I can die. I, I, I can die one day dealing with him. Like he's trying to push me off of a ledge of a freeway. And then I ask him if he's trying to kill me. And he's just like, no. And le- it, it just seemed to, um, it seemed like he didn't even have control of whatever he was doing. That's what it felt like. So, and I didn't want to be one of those people um, that passed away. I'm doing a walk um, in the next couple of weeks with um, queer individuals who have died from domestic violence. Uh, we're gonna like print their faces out. I'm literally about to cry. <laughs> I don't wanna cry. <laughs> Aw. When's, where's the walk gonna be held? Um, it's gonna be in, in Miami. Um, I'm like still organizing it. Um, I'm working with like my mentor, you know, to get like everything printed with everyone's faces. Um, I've been doing some research. So the story you were sharing with me, Renee, I actually wanna look into that because he could be someone that, um, you know, everyone could see on, on a board um there is a couple though that are very you like true crime there's some that are on like crime watch daily okay. um with gay couples that you know one guy like murdered his um boyfriend and the new new man he was with um so yeah there's there's tons of stories and incidents they're just not really heard about and of course tons of people have been pouring into my dms um sharing their story um there was a lady, um, she lives in Tampa. She reached out to me and she she was telling me that she was with a man. They were dating for a while and he almost killed her. And so she left him. Um, and then I guess like seven months later, she found him in the news. He killed his next girlfriend and her mother, killed both of them. So she was kind of, you know, like beating herself up about it, saying, oh, I wish I was doing what you were doing. And I told her, hey, no, 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 no that there's none there's none of that you did what was best by getting out of that situation and a lot of people already can't do that so kudos to you for for getting out of out of that situation so yeah the the outpour the stories are really coming in and i'm happy to raise awareness you know well how do you heal from that i'm just curious how do you heal from all this (laughs) yeah Uh, just talking talking about it it. and also yeah one one other question just to backtrack like mm-hmm. what made you give him more chances uh that made you stay um i mean when you hear something over and over again you start to believe it and he really would say he wasn't going anywhere so i really i really did believe he wasn't going anywhere um that was number 1 number 2 i thought i could change him in some kind of weird way i know everyone says that um mm-hmm. that truth I kind of just kept holding on to that love bombing phase that we once had and I was hoping for it to you know to come back mm-hmm. th- those feelings to come back um yeah yeah it's 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 interesting it's like because I I get it it's like you you start off so good and it's like well if we could 
be that once, we could be that again at yeah. some point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the so I understand. I understand that, and I understand yeah. that that's probably one of the biggest reasons why it's so hard to kind of, um, kind of get out. Yeah. Now, um, for our viewers, if anybody wants to reach out to you or kind of follow your your journey with this, um, where can they reach you online or on social media? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, essentially Tim, all together. We'll definitely link that for sure. <laughs> Do you want me to spell it? It's pretty long. <laughs> it's all it's all good. I think I think we, we can find it. it. We can find it. <laughs> we have our sources. Oh goodness! Well, Timothy McLemore, thank you so much for um, joining us on the show. We appreciate it. I think this is going to be a very important episode. Um, and you know, I think you're going to have a lot of a lot more people in your DMs for, sure. for your work. <laughs> yeah, no, I, seriously, thank you so much because I, I. Sorry to go back, but like again, at, at the beginning when we were talking about, you know, what are the red flags to look for? It's people sh- like sharing their stories, like people like you sharing their stories, mm. that help people identify those red flags and like save them from going through like what we went through. And it's just, it's so important. So I really, I'm so grateful that you're sharing your story because no one wants to be pushed off of a highway, obviously. And so we want to avoid that. We don't want anyone to get to that point. So I'm really happy that you're doing this. Thank you. And thank you for making me cry because you're (laughs) sorry. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today on the Boyfriends Podcast. Thank Um, you. We had a great conversation. And please like, follow, subscribe. Uh, follow at essentially Tim. Uh, give us your uh, feedback. Let us know, you know, what you want us to talk about next. Um, and until next time, if you have no one else, you, you got, got us. us.